What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? We are here, finally back from the bye week, a crazy bye week. I mean, relaxing for the team, but crazy as far as like going around the league. A lot of stuff has happened. We're obviously going to talk about it in today's episode, but um, we got a pre-game preview on our hands. It's our Week 11 matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles, Super Bowl 57 rematch on Monday Night Football. Kelsey brothers are going to go at it again. Uh, might be the last time, could be the last time, who knows. Um, but yeah, we're going to go ahead and talk about what's been going on around the league, uh, what's been going on in the bye week or what happened on the bye week. And then we're going to get into that game preview. So get ready. Welcome to the Kim connect podcast. This is the Kansas City Chiefs Podcast. Your host, producer Eric Bartis. Again, welcome to Keen Connect. Hope you guys have all been great. Uh, what a bye week it's been. A um, lot of games that have happened. Uh, injuries, crazy shit. We're obviously going to get into that all that today. Um, we're recording this episode on a nice, beautiful, relaxing Friday. Um, it is episode 118 of the podcast. Um, we're just moving along through these episodes. Um, again, if you guys are all new to the podcast, I appreciate you guys tuning in. If you guys have been here, thank you guys for tuning in again. Um, <clears throat> but it just is a reminder, I will uh, be ending the podcast at the end of the season, just so you guys all know that. Um, just a lot of things have happened, but we still got eight weeks left as far as the regular season goes, and then we're going to get into the postseason. Um, but it's, it's starting to look like, uh, the AFC is going to be running through Arrowhead again. Um, and not necessarily do well, obviously due to us still winning and, you know, collecting wins in the conference, but, uh, a lot of shit has happened as far as like injuries goes to, uh, certain teams that, you know, were competitive and now it's just starting to look like they're just, it's just not going to happen this year. Um, but, uh, we, we obviously know with what happened in the beginning of the year with Aaron Rodgers, and then that that ultimately sucked for the Jets. And the Jets they try to be they tried to stay competitive, uh, but I think they're starting to their face reality uh, right now is like it's you know they they got the Bills next, and I I feel like the Bills should win that game because the Bills like shit the shit themselves you know their first game of the season. So uh, if I believe Buffalo will win and it's in Buffalo. So, yeah, I think once the, the Bills knock them off and, you know, they'll realize it. But Aaron Rodgers, them losing Aaron Rodgers was a blow. And then, you know, later on in the year you lose um, Kirk Cousins. You know, he he ruptures his Achilles, too. Um, and then, you know, Deshaun Watson. Now, despite whatever you feel about the guy personally, I'm I'm not really talking about the off field stuff, but as far as like the player goes like that, that sucks for the Browns organization, like from their perspective, you know? So it, it's just a lot of injuries. And then obviously the, the biggest one that happened today and that was uh Joe Burrow finally. Well, I don't want to say finally, but not that sounded completely wrong. I was not saying finally, as in like 
being hurt, but like finally something came out because I know, I know a lot of a lot of a lot of the Bengals fans and themselves uh, were wondering like, hey, what's going on? And a lot of even just people around the league were wondering. They were even doing like this investigation going on because Joe Burrow was wearing a sleeve last night, which we all know damn well it was injury related. But his coach and him try to say no, it wasn't because they know damn well that if they admit that it was like the Bills, the Bengals are going to face some consequences. Who knows what will happen? I don't. I don't know what will happen to him. I don't know if it's going to be a fine, organizational fine, a loss of a draft pick. But you have to report. And uh, injuries, and uh, yes, it is for betting markets and stuff like that. But it it, it is it is knowledge that has to be known around the league too. And um, I mean, I will say probably the betting the betting markets is probably the biggest culprit because they have to know where to set the money lines at. So how people make money, but still, it, it's it's one of those situations where I I personally think that the Bengals were just trying not to report it because they just didn't want. They didn't, they didn't want the. They probably just didn't want the distractions. I don't know, but they were obviously lying at the podium today. There's no way that this was not injury related. Um, but they're doing an investigation right now. Don't know what they're going to find. But I want to apologize. I know when I said finally uh, that, and I paused for a second. I did not mean to do that. The finally because I. I couldn't finish my thought when I had said finally, and that made it sound like I was like wanting it to be an injury on Joe Burrow. I hate injuries. I fucking hate injuries. And that, and I will even, I will even say that for anybody who's been injured. I mean, look at the Buffalo bills, their whole fucking defense has been decimated and by injuries and stuff. And then, you know, but then they turn around and fire their offensive coordinator. Um, so it, it, it's 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 a city situation for them, uh, or as far as like just teams and, and just around getting injured. Uh, so you know I hate injuries. I want teams to be a hundred percent, especially when we play them, because you know it, it, one excuse is you don't want there to be the excuse that like oh well they didn't have this guy, well they didn't have that guy, you know, because then they're gonna try to hang that over the situation. Whereas you want guys to be at a hundred percent. And they were good. Whereas, you know, last year when, when we made the Super Bowl run, you know, Pat played on a bum ankle. So we could use that as an excuse, but we really couldn't use that as an excuse because Pat was playing on it. You know, if Pat if Pat decided, like, even though there was no way in hell Pat was not going to just sit out in a postseason like that, and it's over my dead body, but I'm just saying, like, still, like, even like if it was like he had torn his ACL and he was out for the season of a, a fucking shitty situation like that, you know, it's, it's, we, you know, we, we wouldn't want the excuse to be, or we wouldn't want just a narrative going out there that we're making excuses, even though we would have had the legitimate excuse if that were to happen. But no, I, I just don't like injuries. I hate injuries. They suck. I want I want teams healthy. It sucks for the Bengals, even though I hate the Bengals with a passion. I hate the team. I hate the fan base. I do. But Joe Burrow is a talented quarterback in the league. He is a great quarterback in the league, and you want the talent out there. You want to be able to play against the you know the, the best out one of the best out there. And that's just that's how I feel about it. You know, some people can sit there and say, fuck them. I don't give a shit. You know, 
injuries are a part of the game. Yeah, injuries are a part of the game that are totally understandable. That's why it happens and you have to move on. Um, but it's it's still something that you can hate for the game. You can not like it that it happens in the game. I hate it. It does, but it's part of the game. But, you know, I do wish Joe Burrow and everybody that's been hurt all year uh, a speedy recovery, um, especially the quarterbacks, because, you know, as much as as much as, you know, guys like myself who, who prioritizes defense and loves loves, you know, other other skilled positions, um, the quarterback is obviously the most important thing, that important position on the field and. When you don't have your QB one out there, it's. You might as well, you know, you might as well consider the season to either be done or you're going to be in for a ride all year round, all year uh, round. And so I already see Bengals fans already sitting there saying, you know, they're already trying to do mock drafts right now for 2024. So that's where their mindset is, which is rightfully so, because he is done for the season. Um, yeah, that's that's tough. And obviously, Deshaun Watson earlier this week was announced that he was done for the season, too. Um, and there's no karma. I, I don't, I don't like the, the whole karma because people were arguing about it. I don't want to put that out there because you don't want guys injured for the game. And that's, I'm not saying no one was, when people were putting karma out there, I don't, I know that it's separated from the injury and that's not what they were saying, but you got to understand how people would take it that way too, because, you didn't really go into context about what your what the karma was going towards. You just said that's karma. So when you don't put any context towards it, that's how people are going to interpret it in a way that might be like, oh, you're just wishing bad karma onto him and stuff like that. Like you just want bad karma onto him, you know, as far as like injuries goes. And like it's not like and, and like karma and injuries are not uh, wishing injuries are not the same thing. Like. But it, but getting injured essentially is bad karma. So if you're wishing bad karma on a player, then that bad karma could happen, and you know can happen, and it could affect him in some some shape or form, regardless of if I mean, however it's done. And again, I'm not I'm not blaming anybody because people can feel how they feel about it. Totally warranted, especially especially women. I'm not. Like you guys totally have every right to feel your guys' way about that situation. But from a guy who's just speaking from the football's perspective, injuries suck for the game. You don't want the guys to be hurt out there. So, um, and the Browns, I mean, I didn't think the Browns were going to go anywhere anyways, but their season's officially done because of that too. Um, but no, I mean, even with the the Bengals, I mean, I mean, shit, they they lost the Texans last week. I mean, CJ Stroud's been phenomenal all year round. I mean, he's pretty much my my defensive or my offensive rookie of the year. Whereas it, you know, it was, um, you know, it, it what, who did I have? I had Bijan Robinson, but with how Atlanta's been, that's that's definitely not happening. Um, but. That's just around the league. We spent a little time. I don't really want to talk too much into the injuries part because I feel like when you start talking too much about it, you can you can tend to offend people on you know certain things that you say. And I just you know even though this is my podcast and I can say what the fuck I want on it, it's I just don't feel like getting to all that. But no injuries suck, and that's just what it is. 
All right, so another thing, uh, let's go around the team. Uh, they did bring Keandre Colburn back. Oh, once you look at that, they brought their draft pick back that they decided to cut because they need to make room. You know, I, I almost wonder if Brett texted Keandre and said, hey, I know I probably can't legally text you because you're with another team. But, you know, I, 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 this was not, he probably told him this was not supposed to happen. You know, it, it just, it, we couldn't get the other, other piece that they probably wanted to move. You know, I don't know. I mean, and it's, I, I don't know the conversations. It, it, there, it could be very well a possibility that the guy just doesn't know how to play in the NFL or he just, you know, he just needs time. I don't, I don't know what the situation was with Keandre Coburn. I just wanted the guy to get an opportunity. You know, he played some snaps week one and then that was that. And you just don't know what's been going on. But he is back with the practice squad. Um, and they did bring in Mike Pinnell a few weeks ago. I almost wonder if they did that on the bye week, I believe. So that's why we didn't report it or cover because I was not recording any episodes on the bye. I wanted to take just as much time off as possible. Um, there was more reporting on Justin Ross. Let's just go ahead and kiss kiss him goodbye. Uh, that that guy's pretty much done. Um I mean, I, at least there's been more information that has came out. I, I don't, I like it's, I, I think it's going to be turned into a felony at this point. I, I don't, I don't know. So we're going to, um, uh, it, it's, uh, not look, not looking good for that situation. So, all right. <coughs> Excuse me. Let's actually, uh, get into the team talk. Uh, Look, I mean, as far as like the Philadelphia Eagles, we all know one thing and one thing they want to do. They're going to try to move the ball down the field as far as like pound the rock. They're going to try to hit those deep shots to their, their guys as in A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. You know, Dallas Goddard's already – I think he's out for some weeks. So, um you know, they won't be having him. And and then, I oh, speaking of another injury last night, uh, I don't even know why I just brought this up, but, you know, just thinking of Dallas Goddard as a tight end, you know, Mark, Mark Andrews, that's, that's, that's what's name's guy. That's Lamar's guy. So that's, that's tough on Lamar. Um, and then Lamar got banged up too a little bit. Uh, I just need to throw that out there so I didn't forget it, but uh, back onto the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, you know, you just got to, you got to make sure that, you know, Jalen Hirsch is not getting his groove. You got, you know, even though I think he's kind of been all, a little down this year compared to like, you know, what it was last year. Um, he's still highly talented and you just gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure you don't let these guys get to where they want to be as far as that mindset, as far as like, they're going to oppose their will. They're going to beat you up on the, the line of scrimmage is what they want to do. They're going to do the brotherly shove or the tush push. You got to expect that it's going to fucking happen. It's 92% complete uh, complete play. That's why they're called the 92 percenters or we're called the 92 percenters. If you're a fan of New Heights, you know, it's, it's a ridiculous play that is almost guaranteed every single time. And until someone figures out to stop it, it just won't be stopped. Um, and that's just how they're going to – that's just how they're going to move. Um, and let's be honest, they're hungry. The, the Philadelphia Eagles are hungry. They they lost the Super Bowl to us. You don't think they want to come into Arrowhead and just win, even though it's not it's it's not a neutral site. But you know, beating a team at their home is just as sweet. 
you know, because at least, you know, you, you, that, you know, you, it's the, the idea of that. But no, I, I, I definitely think if this team comes in with the same hungry mindset, then I'm not worried. But they cannot come out and just think that they can just do whatever to this team. Because that's not how the Philadelphia Eagles are. They're the best team in the NFL as far as record goes. They've only have one loss. You know, it, it, you can say that they probably looked a little fraudulent in the last few weeks. But, hey, look look where, our, look where we've looked on one side of the ball, too. So, it, it, you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, we got to – you got to just take, still take them serious. And I know the team does. It's um, I guess I'm just more looking from like a, a fan base perspective or a fan base mindset. But it's still the Philadelphia Eagles. They want they're going to want to win this game as as much as as much as we want to win it. They're going to probably want to win it even more because of that Super Bowl loss. And you know, there's one thing about Sierra. Sierra, you know, I know Jonathan Gannon got embarrassed as far as like his defense did by Andy Reid in the second half. That's still Sirianni's team. He was still watching his team and his defense get embarrassed in a second in the second half you know and his team was just you know even though he was able to kind of answer it you know on offense but still or you know I mean I was Shane Steichen more than anything but I don't know I I, th- I also think Sirianni is a very cringy coach I just the, the way he just his demeanor and how he acts on the sideline I, I guess I'm just old school and, you know, I'm, I've been you know, so used to how Andy handles himself on the sideline, you know, and just seeing, you know, I can't, you can't even sit there and say, look, are you hating on the young guys? Like, no, cause I don't even hate on Kyle Shanahan. I don't hate on McVay. They don't act, they don't act like that on the sideline. They're not, you know, they're not up there. Like, you know, they might get, you know, excited moments every now and then and jump, but they're not like, there's just something about Sirianni that, like, I feel like he's like a part of, like, it's like I feel like he's, he's like legitimately a player. Like, not like he's a player, like, look wise. It's just, he, and he just feels like he's just trying to be a player so bad, or as far as like just trying to be like on that level. I'm like, dude, you're the head coach. There's got to be a separation still factor of you still being the head coach and these being your players. Hey, that's just my perspective. I can be completely wrong. I don't fucking know Nick Sirianni on a fucking personal level or the fucking Philadelphia Eagles and stuff. Quite frankly, I fucking hate people from Philadelphia. I think they're so fucking rude. They're awful. And, you know, and they're horrible. That's just what it is. I've never even been to Philly. But that's my fucking – that's what I know about Philly people because – I've had some Philly people that I've encountered here in Kansas City. And I was like, if you guys are fucking acting like that here, I can only imagine what your clown show acts like at home. <laughs> so, sorry. I That was a little, like, just me getting a little heated right then and there because I'm starting to remember the whole fucking bitching about the turf crap. And, yeah, just, uh, well, they're playing on good grass. Yeah, we actually have good grass at Arrowhead. Um. But no, I you you got to take the Philadelphia Eagles still serious. I mean, they're they're going to come out there and they're going to try to fire fire on all cylinders. But Sirianni, yeah, not a fan of him, but he's got his team in good shape. So, yep, let's move on. Uh, I will say, I Jason Kelsey's probably the only guy I fuck with on that team, just because it's Jason Kelsey. I I, I 
you know what, I want to like A.J. Brown, but I just can't. I want to like Devontae Smith. I just can't. They're ta- talented players. I recognize all the talent, and I just don't like those players. Just, just don't. That's fine. I, you know, I could not like – I don't have to like the Philadelphia Eagles when I used to like the Philadelphia Eagles. So funny how that works. Um, and, you know, this is Andy Reid. He's off a of bye. He's playing his old team. I mean, he's got that mindset too that he's like, hey, I got to make – I have to make sure that anytime I play the Eagles, I have to win because I have to remind that organization who the fuck I was – who they decided to move on from. Now, granted, hey, both sides, best things that possibly could have happened. You know, but still, you know, I think there's a little bit of, there's a little, there's a little bit of pride in Andy about maintaining his undefeated streak against the the Eagles. Because we do. I mean, we, we won in, we won in 2013 on Monday Night Football. We won in 2017 on that regular Sunday night, Sunday afternoon game. Um, and then uh, we won in 2021 up in uh, up in Philadelphia in a regular season game, and it, we just won in the Super Bowl. So Andy Reid is four and zero. I think he wants to keep that streak going with this t- with going against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think any head coach who coached a team for a long time, I mean, he still hasn't even matched his years yet that he coached in Philly that he's did in Kansas city. And that, that just goes to show you how long he coached in Philadelphia. Cause it, it really feels like he's been here forever in Kansas city, which he has, he's been here since, you know, this is his uh, what? 10th, 11th season. I want to say 11th season. Yeah. Cause what? 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. Yeah. This is his 11th season as a head coach. He coached in Philly for 14 years. So he needs three more seasons to match, the amount of years that he that he did at Philly um, for him to for that to be you know that situation. So, um, no, let's get on to uh, let's just get on to the position by position, like how we do it. Uh, starting the quarterback, we all know that Pat needs to play a little bit better. He he hasn't been the guy that was last year, where you know you 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 had to force Patty to work the field, and he took it. He took what the defense gave him. Whereas this year, I think, you know, there's a little bit of that, but then there's a little bit of resulting back to 2021 where, you know what, I just, I'm impatient. I just, I need to get this ball down the field. I I have to, I have to try to make someone make a play or something like that. See if a guy can make a play on a ball. Um, And I just, I don't think we have the players. We just don't have the players for that. You know, I, I think this, looking at these last eight weeks and just looking at the summary or taking the summer that we just don't. And unfortunately this offense, this team, this organization was spoiled by Tyreek Hill. They were for one, you know what? No one knew Tyreek was going to develop into the player that he did. And that goes to show that can say somewhat about us developing him, or that can say something about him, you know, being on his developing himself and just taking his off season training much more serious. Um, and I, I think a little bit of, you know, I think a combination of both, obviously you need the right wide receivers coach to, you know, get him or get him going. And he did. And I was, uh, you know, how he developed. And I think, 
you know, having, you know, but you also got to think about this way. You had, you had Tyree kill and then you decided to bring in Sammy Watkins, who was already an established veteran guy. So you didn't need him to develop, you know? So it was always, it, that was easy for Mahomes. You know, he could do those things. Whereas now it's guys that guys that just don't have that type of talent and will never have that type of talent because that's just like Tyree kills a, He's an outlier of a human being, of and it's like as a player, um, you you can't you can't mimic that. So you can't expect these guys to develop into that. And I think that's where this team is. I think this team has a mindset, you know, or this coaching staff has a mindset that like, hey, we can we can do whatever. And it, you know what? You're paying Pat so much money that yes, he he has to sometimes take you know, random things and, and, you know, make magic with it. And, you know, when he can, because he has before, but you know what, you can't sit there and say, Hey, well, we did it with Byron Pringle and, uh, and, um, uh, gosh, dang it. Demarcus Robinson. Yeah. But we still had Tyreek Hill. So it didn't matter. And then they replaced, they replaced essentially Tyreek with MVS and Juju. And, Juju again. I've reiterated this. Another established receiver. It's it's one of those things where this fan this fan base and has not like we cannot handle completely young and inexperienced. There's got to be it's and I and that's where it leads the impatience of you know people not wanting to give the wide receiver room a chance. Um, not, you know, and again, it, it, it comes down to Patrick too. He has to be better. He has to hit the wide open guys. Um, but it, it, it comes down to, uh, the other factors too, but no, I mean, again, Patrick, he, he needs to play a little bit better. And I know some people are afraid to criticize him, but you know what? He's not above it. He does. He's still the best player in the world. That does not change anything. But he has to stop resulting back to what he was doing in 2021, and he has to take what the defense has given him. You know, you got to. Um, and, 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 you know, someone was talking, was like, well, like, what about the, you know, how is he doing all this Texas training with these guys and not, you know, but it's not working in here. It's not working here. Okay, when has when has running with, with the shirt, T-shirt on, shorts, no shirt on, whatever you got on, but no pads. When has that ever been compared? When has that ever been true to compare to actual game speed and what you wear to run and an actual defense on you? These guys weren't having defenses on them. That like, yes, like yes, the the, the practice is running the routes and, and getting a feel for certain spots and how Mahomes wants it, but. You don't have a real live action defense going against that. You, you're not going to really, really, you, it's all going to be assumption based and all about how, you know, he's kind of, kind of one and, and, you know, and how you guys talk about in those, in those moments, but still, you know, it's different. And I, I, I hate you people using that example because I, that's, that's not blaming. That's you're trying to blame Pat. You're, you're like, you're trying to put the full blame on Pat, you know, when it comes to that situation, just because he got the guys down, does not down in Texas in the offseason doesn't mean that these guys are all going to be Randy Mosses coming out of the machine and all getting catching a thousand yard seasons. That's just not how and getting a hundred catches. That's just not how it was going to work. 
you know, it's it's going to be a slowly but surely process because this is a young receiving core. You know, I, I wish we were able to give this receiving core as much patience as we did the defense last year with as young as they were. You know, I mean, they were all fucking rookies. So I, 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 and I, I get, I, and I get it. It's probably because, well, we're always, we're, we're already used to having a bad defense. This isn't new and probably a little bit of bat, but still you, you got to understand the circumstance that Pat, the trust is going to be, the trust was going to have to get built through the season too. It, it wasn't going to have, it wasn't just going to be built in the off season. It was going to have to get built through the season as well. And that that might piss a lot of fans off, but that's just what the reality is. Um, Patrick was on uh, the 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 Manning cast for the Monday Night Football, um, and he may, he was asked about any superstitions. And I guess he uh, has game day underwear. Doesn't wear them in the game, but he wears them to the game. Um, and uh, he manages like, I wash them every now and then, but yeah. He, uh, excuse me, he washes them. I, I don't want to get too much in that details. I don't care about this man's underwear like that. But that, that was just pretty funny what he was talking about his superstition. And that's cool for him because obviously it's worked if that's, you know, how he feels about it. Uh, said that Brittany got on that uh, gift a long time ago, roughly around his first starts um, here. Or I want to say it was his, well, his first year as a starter, and it was that first start of that season, the 2018 year. Um, but yeah, all right. Let's. Uh, we all know what Pat needs to do, and I think he will get that all squared away because it's him. Um, running backs, we got to get Jared McKinnon more uh, involved, and I think this is the time of year where they start because it is the second half of the season. Um, and I think they're probably like, Hey man, like we, we gotta, we gotta man it. We gotta load manage it because we can't, we can't have you going out there and, and getting hurt. And then we can't use you as they, they saw his injury history. I mean, the guy, the guy almost what, almost two years of not playing, you know? So it's, it's one of those things where he, the guy had a long his, injury history. So I get why they're doing what they do, but shit. I mean, sometimes it's like, man, get McKinnon out there. What are we doing? Um, but I, I think that's I think that's this time where they're going to start getting McKinnon more involved. Um, as far as Isaiah Pacheco goes, I mean, just keep just keep handing that guy the rock. I mean, the guy should if he gets a, if he has like a another hundred hundred plus yard game, he's going to be a thousand yard a thousand yard running back this year, um, just because of the projections of where he's supposed to be at. So you have to you have to continue giving him double digit touches. What I've said, give that man at least 12, 12 to 13 plus touches, and that's that's perfect. Whatever he can make do with that. Um, now, I know the run game hasn't been as strong as it was last year. Um, and when we get back, we're going to get more uh, into those details. What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? If you guys like this podcast and like what you're listening to, I want you guys to go ahead and give it a five-star rating and a good review. You can find this podcast on all your major audio platforms, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, you guys can go ahead and follow the podcast only on Instagram, and that's at Kingdom Connect. 
And then you guys can follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter at Big EKC. That's Big EKC. And like I said, go ahead and give this podcast a five-star rating and a really great review. I appreciate you all. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, we are back. Um, but like I was saying, um, as far as like Isaiah Pacheco, you got you got to stay consistent with the man. Um, he is your power back, and he he can make a lot of things happen. Um, but the run game does have to be a little bit better because it, it hasn't been a, a strong point as it was last year. And you know what? Maybe that just goes to show you says something about maybe Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown being valuable. Uh, not necessarily in the past game because we all know how they are in that, but more so as run run graders. I mean, Andrew Wiley was a really good run blocker. Orlando Brown, we all know, is a really great run blocker. Um, just the, the pass protection wasn't there, and I think uh, this year they were like, hey, we kind of want to get back to that that more smaller or le- more leaner uh, finesse tackles where we can uh, use our more heavier passing sets um and you know more that three uh or even five wide wide out or you know you know four out with the tight end or whatever or three out with the tight end um so i i think they 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 kind of wanted to get back to that you know make making that pass game a real real strong vocal point i also don't think they i don't think any offenses realized how great defense was going to be this year Let's take a let's take a little uh, moment to think about that for a second because there was a charts there was charts that were flowing around about uh, third down efficiency and uh, you know the completions of third downs where obviously we have the you know ironically people are gonna like not believe this but we have the highest third down efficiency now granted that's I I know that's not from third and short. It's damn sure not from third and short. It's just like completing the third down into first down efficiency, and we have, we're the highest. So I, I it I think we're you know our offense is able to sustain drives and move the ball. Um, still, it's just all about you know when you're getting to those short yardage and trying to punch things in. It's that's where the challenge um, is. <clears throat> You know, because they they do got to get this short yardage thing figured out. It's it's been a biz it's been abysmal even before Pacheco. It was abysmal. It was it's it's pretty much been abysmal since Mahomes has been our starter. Um, you know, you had you you did have Cream Hunt for a little bit who was good at getting you know fighting for the extra yards and um you know that was we had that for the those that year flash year and a half of him. Um, but even before that, when Andy first got here, I mean, there was a lot of times worth with Alex Smith. I mean, even we just, we just could not could get short yardage. And I just, I don't know if that was just do and, and not saying we can't, we don't ever do it. It's just consistently, we never do it. And I don't know if that's just because of the plays they call. Well, I do know that the, it's because of certain formation that they're trying to run out of most of the damn time. Stop running from gun. Stop! Stop doing it! Stop running laterally from gun. For one, our running backs aren't built that way, and our offensive line, especially from the interior, is not built that way. You got to stop doing that. For one, you're not helping. Like, and we're doing it in the third and short. Why are you having the players back away even further from the line of scrimmage? This is the shit that doesn't make any sense to me. Now, Grant, I'm not. I'm not Andy Reid. He knows what he's doing. 
But a part of me just kind of feels like at times I just feels like he just likes to fuck around too much. You know, it's just like, hey, I, you know, I, I got, I got two Super Bowls. I, you know, I have the best player in the league. I can get away with doing some of this shit. Yeah, you can now, but I just, in some, in some factors you can now, but it's, it's starting to bite you. It's really, really starting to bite you because they're, they're, they're really killing our short yard. The defenses are, they, they don't respect anything. Like they don't. They don't respect the run game because the run game is ass on short yardage because they're not running correct plays. And two, they're they're running stupid they're, they're running screens that take forever to develop. Why are we doing that on third and short? And why are we passing? Why are we running? Why are we drawing a deep concept to pass on third and short? It's again. It goes back to my 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 thought of I think Andy at certain points in the season he just kicks his feet up in there and he's just like, look, I just I I'm fucking around. I'm just seeing what works and what doesn't work, and that is as 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 cool as that sounds. It's frustrating to see as a fan because you know it, it ultimately makes us play down to the opponents sometimes and i i hate that i really do the only thing that's stopping the chiefs is the chiefs that's just what it is um but no get the short yards thing figured out i i don't know if they'll ever run the qb sneak i just i i think they just they refuse they i don't know if they ever think about the qb sneak or it's just not in the playbook or they're just so fucking scared of what happened that that happened over four years ago. You got to stop. We got to stop with this notion that Pat cannot run a QB sneak. And if he's not going to run the QB sneak, then you know what? Take his ass off the goddamn field and put Blaine Gabbard in. Yeah, people know what you're going to fucking do. But you know what? At least it eases your goddamn minds of Pat not being not getting hurt. Um, but figure the short yardage shit out. Keep get McKinnon more consistent, or get McKinnon more out there. And Pacheco, you got and Pacheco, you got to stay more consistent too. Um, keep the keep the running average up. And you know, I I did I did say this about you know the I did say this the other day, um, or actually I tweeted this the other day. And something that people haven't talked about, and I and I I don't know why people aren't talking about it more now. The interior of the offensive line has not been the same as it was the last two years. Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey were incredible their rookie years. And Trey Smith had a little bit of an up and down in the beginning of the season and then went back immediately last year and went back to immediately being himself. And he was good old Trey Smith back and Creed Humphrey was Mr. Creed Humphrey and um, and Joe Tooney was, you know, being the machine that he is. This year, there's a, they're still great players, but they're not playing to the level of, they're not playing to the level of what, um, you know, they did last year. And I almost wonder, I almost wonder too, with sometimes with seeing how things are, you know, how we, you know, when we try to run it back the first time during the COVID season. Um, the the whole slogan everywhere was running back, running back, running back, running back, running back. I think that mindset and just saying it and seeing it all the time got that team lax because you got that that whole year was hard. They were 
they were squeaking by wins, wins, wins by week, by week, by week. They were squeaking by wins. Um, but no, I mean, it was uh, one of those things where I think now, I think it's almost like a silent run it back. Like we're going to run this shit back, but we're going to be silent about it. We're not, you know, and I, I think a part of that maybe still trickles in the mindset of like why Andy might be on some of this bullshit of play calling. Um, and just, I mean, it, not trying to fully blame Andy, but you know how he can get some time. And that's what I'm more meaning at with the play calling. Um, trying to think back to what I was even, um, but what I was even getting at. So, um, shoot, lost my train of thought. Um, Oh yeah. Back to like it being like kind of like a silent run it back. You know, I, I, maybe that's why we're kind of seeing some of the, we're just kind of squeaking by these wins. You know, we're trying to see what works, what doesn't work. Um, maybe some of the players might or weren't turning it on as hard as they were, you know, last two years, just because of like, Hey, we're going to turn this shit up when it really, really matters. Um, I don't know. I, that's just me. That's just me just thinking out loudly and just being, um, dumb, but who cares? All right. Uh, let's get on. Uh, let's move on to the tight ends. Let's talk about Travis a little bit and his, uh, his life. We're not going to get too much into it. I just want to run through it briefly, but we all know what he did during the off, uh, off season. I mean, the bye week he went to Argentina to support Taylor Swift and his, her concerts out there. Um, she's doing her, uh, Euro tur- Euro trip tour now. Um, but she will be at the game. Uh, it, it was reported that the parents are going to meet each other. So, that should be cool. I'm sure Jason and all of them will hang out afterwards after the game. Uh, we'll, or maybe I I don't know. Maybe not because Jason, you know, depending on how they're feeling, they might you know Jason they might need to get home. But still, uh, it's cool that the parents can be each other. But no, it was cool seeing Travis out there too, uh, supporting his girl and then her having a good time. Her changing the lyrics, saying uh, "Karma is the guy on the Chiefs" and. You know, that was that was pretty cool to see, um, seeing how their relationship has, you know, trickled into what it is now. Um, and then, you know, her even wanting to be involved as much as she is, you know, with the team. I mean, she's donating to Kansas City now, not the team, but just the city in general. Um, I mean, just a lot of things. And it's just it's just really cool to see. Um, a lot of those things come to life and who she is as a person from what we are kind of knowing from what Travis is spilling with us. Um, you know, he's not going to throw his whole personal life out there, but you could tell he had a great time and he was shocked with the, the lyric change and her dad being there. It was, it was awesome. It, it, it's awesome to see. I, I, I keep telling my lady this. I've never had a relationship, a celebrity relationship that I given a shit about. I've never cared. You know, never cared. And I've been – I've Chiefs players have dated dated uh, celebrities before. Never given a shit until now. And I, I, I don't – and I, I think maybe it's just the time, you know, that we're in today. And 
uh, and just due to the exposure of people and how much, you know, exposure they get and just the impact that they have and her world dwarfs his world so much because she has the whole world in the palm, like in the whole palm of her hands, essentially. Whereas Travis, he has his, you know, the sports world and the enter that entertainment world. And, um, but it's just, it, it's crazy to see. It's crazy. And it's cool to see how their relationship has, uh, you know, got together. I, I, one thing I, I don't like is some of the, the Swifties of how they're, you know, they're acting like, you know, Travis, never had a life or never had a fan base before until now or whatever that that stuff's a little weird um and how they how they also respond and to taylor swift and some shit that she said it's yeah they're they're an interesting crowd of people um but they uh yeah they yeah i i I don't know i i just i think uh with uh travis being who he is this is this is good for him this is good for taylor not because they need each other uh but because they they both you know you just want happy they both want happiness and uh they they seem to be getting that from each other which is uh nice to see um now there was some video circling around about some some bullshit i was debunked i would hope that it was debunked about some proposing going on no i that's this is why I don't even like getting into this shit because it's all now I feel like I'm veering away from what we really needed to be talking about. But um, again, happy for Travis and happy for Taylor. Hope things can, you know, can stay where they're, you know, where they're going um, for their relationship. Um, And yeah, I, and also we will be going to the game on Monday night. So, Hey, that'd be cool. If a uh, possibility, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to see her, but like, Hey, if you know, there's a, jumbo screen or like you know the you know maybe there might be someone pointing at the box we're gonna be in the club level so we might be close to it i i don't know specifically um but no that's uh pretty much for travis he's gonna stay being his greatness and doing his thing don't need to really get too much into him but he's gonna have another thousand yard season and uh probably another 90 plus catches that's just who Travis is, um, he's going to continue to showing why he's great. Uh, one thing I want to know, and I think a lot of people want to know this too, like how the exchange happened when they first probably met. And some people are starting to make some connections now because the guys that know this, Colin Saunders' brother is one of Taylor Swift's dancers. So that, to me, that would have been the only connection of how a number would have possibly been exchanged. That's all I, that's all I can tell you. And not saying that, that that's what it is, but that's all I can tell you from what I've seen and kind of gathered some of that information. Um, now, uh, onto the wide receivers. We all know that they got to be better. Hopefully this second half of the season, uh, we can get a lot more, um, action from the wide receivers, the young core, um, they, they, you know, I, I know that they're doing the wide receiver by committee, but I, I just don't like it. Um, it's not, it's not allowing guys to, uh, get into a rhythm. Um, I get, you want to feed everybody the rock, but you, you got to feed the hot hands. You got to find your guys and just feed them, um, outside of Kelsey. Um, and I think they can, I, I, I'm, I'm not leaving the sky train. I, I never have, um, Kadarius Tony, I, I I want him to be a thing, but I just I don't know 
I mean, Andy Reid did talk about him a little bit because people have asked about him, and he has said straight up, like, hey, like, you know, the guy had surgery. We have to remember that. Uh, Rasheed Rice, you know, they got to continue feeding this guy. Um, you just want these guys to be more consistent. Um, it, they did have uh, Connor Embry, the, wide, the new wide receivers coach, up at the podium today, and you can obviously tell it was his first time talking at the podium, or at least, like, talking at a Chiefs podium, um, be, you know, and if he did, he did it like in the offseason when he wasn't really working with anybody yet, not knowing what's been going on. He knows the wide receiver room has been taking the most heat, and he probably knows that a lot of it's probably falling on him because he is the positions coach. Even though he can't go out there and play for them, there is a thing about teaching these guys and trying to put the right guys out there and putting them in the best position because – you know, your position coach, you were responsible for the rotation of your position of who goes in and out. You know, Spagnolo or not Spagnolo, but uh, Andy Reid's not sitting there thinking like, oh, shit, we got to get we got to. I mean, he is thinking of those things, but he's not he's not sitting there thinking of orders of how players need to go out there. No, that's that's the job of the positions coach and how they, and then when they game plan it with everybody of like, okay, this is going to be the rotation of these guys on these plays and how we're going to do it. And it's, and and it's still situationally too, but I, you got to understand that uh, he is a rookie. He is a rookie coach. He is a rookie coach trying to coach rookie players and soft first and second year players. And then you got a couple vets in there that are probably like, uh, guy, you know what? I, I have been doing this for a long time. I'm not, and not saying that the players are walking all over them. I just think that there might be a, a, a mindset. Like I can see possibly an MBS being like, yo man, like that's just not how it's supposed to be done. I, and, and you're new, like you're like, I, I know people keep saying Greg Lewis. Why did Greg Lewis leave? For one, Greg Lewis' intentions. Greg Lewis wanted to go. He wanted to go be on uh, Eric Bieniemy's staff. That was what he wanted to do. But Eric Bieniemy couldn't get him on the staff, so he went and he's now coaching uh, wide receivers at uh, with John Harbaugh. But people fail to realize Greg Lewis hadn't coached, hasn't coached the wide receivers for this team since 2020. They promote. They moved him to running backs in 2021, so he had the running backs in 21 and 22. Joe Blaymeyer was the wide receivers coach, and um, they, uh, yeah, Joe Blaymeyer, and he's now the pass game coordinator. So I think there's something about two years. I think they want guys like certain guys at a position two years, and then they want to move them on to another position, two years on to another position. So I think because that's how you get – that's how Andy likes building his tree. He's always been that way. He likes guys moving up into the ranks, moving up into the ranks um, and trying to get them head coaching jobs and trying to get them to be coordinators and this and that. So it's I, – I, I, I think that's kind of always been his Andy's mindset. Um, and – you know, Connor Embry has a couple family members in the league as coaches, so maybe there's a little nepotism um, in there too. But still, you know, I think it, it having a rookie or having a young wide receiver, inexperienced wide receiver coach trying to coach these guys, it was going to be tough. It was going to be hard. And 
I think people underestimated that. I made note of this. Like I've been making note of this pretty much all season. Hey, they got a they got a coach that hasn't coached wide receivers a day in his life. Well, he's been an assistant. I looked at his, his resume. He's been an assistant coach of, of wide receivers, but like actually being a full head head NFL position coach, no, he hasn't done it. So I I I think, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where you know you got to look at it like, hey, are you gonna blame him? You're going to keep blaming the players. You're going to blame Andy on this one. Some people who are just now finally coming to the realization of it are like, oh, well, that makes more sense that now we have a, that they have a young coach coaching his wide receivers and the wide receivers are struggling. Now we don't blame any of them. We blame Andy. Oh, well, why are you guys blaming Andy when this has always been Andy? Andy has never, Andy has never. He's gone out of his way to hire guys like his Corden. Uh, like he's gone out, you know. Like obviously he brought in Steve Spagnolo, but and Steve Spagnolo brought in his staff or some guys that he wanted for his staff. But still, you know, he, I think it's one of those things where Andy's not going to change his coaching philosophy and how he wants his tree done. That's just not how. That's just not him. He's not going to change it. Um, but. Yeah, they got a young coach trying to coach young receivers, so we have to have to just maintain the patience. Maintain the patience. They're not trading for nobody. Trade deadline's gone. Um, you know, there's gonna it's a heavy wide receiver class, so they can. I, I've said this. I think they're gonna probably end up taking one uh, round one this year or this next coming draft season. But you know, I, I you know I don't know. You just got. We just got to sit there and uh, you know take it for as is because there ain't nothing we can say or do about it. We can keep bitching and complaining, but that's just what's getting put out in front of us. Um, offensive line. I I know I'm moving. I'm moving through this way too slow. I apologize, guys. Hey, we ain't been here though. It's been well over a week, so we got to talk about things. Offensive line's got to be a lot better. I you know they they you know as far as like penalties go. Um, Juwan Taylor's cleaned up his penalty act. Now Donovan Smith's starting to get his holding calls on a religious, regular basis. Um, and again, the interior, I, the interior is just not, they're not playing to the strength as they were the consistent strength as they were the last two years. Um, but maybe we might see a, a different resurgence from the offensive line, which is we need to, because we need the run game to open up. We need the run game to be a lot better, especially on the short yardage, you know. And I, I most of that's because Trey Smith has been really, really he, Trey Smith's been the worst of all the interior, but you know, that's that's just how it's been, you know. And when they're trying to run to that right side and he's not getting the push he's supposed to, the guys are getting making the tackle, you know. And he's essentially his his push is essentially supposed to help Juwan Taylor's as well. Um. But no, I mean, I think the offense, uh, you know, we we're gonna put up points. I I have no doubt. I think the Philadelphia Eagles defense, you know, they're they're kind of they've kind of been up and down. They they got a good pass rush still, but their secondary's been up and down. I I think they can get got. It's just all about putting these guys in the right position, running the right plays, obviously, and just relying on the run game, like sticking to the run game more, more to open up the pass, commit to it, 
You know, it's gonna it's it it's gonna help. It's gonna even instill more confidence in the offensive line. Um, so so it helped them impose their will. All right, let's move on uh, to the defensive side. Let's try to get through this. Um, it's kind of like I'm not going to really go through it by position by position because, look, I mean, this defense is great. Um, this is the best defense Chiefs has had or the that Andy Reid has had as a coach here. Um, that first year, I know he, he, you know, he coached. But let's be honest, he inherited an all-pro defense that was already good. You know, Romeo Cornell had no issue with the defense. It was the offense that was horrendous in all aspects everywhere. So, it, you know, you can't I, – I, I just – as far as the defense goes, I think this is by far the best defense Andy Reid has had being a Kansas City Chiefs head coach. Um, we're like number three or number two in most metrics – um, and I think the lowest he has had was five. And that was with that all pro defense, like on a consistent five, five, sixth rank, um, Spagnolo, I think this is by far the best defense Spagnolo's ever had. People can say that Oh seven giants team. Yeah. That jet giants defense was good, but that giants defense was mainly good because of their defensive line, their linebackers weren't all that. I mean, except for Damian Pierce. Pierce was good, but outside of that, that there was really nobody that was like really scaring you. And there was really nobody like scaring you like in their secondary like that either. They had some, they had all right talent, but no, no one was out there like, Oh my God, this defense is daunting. I mean, their defensive line was because OC Justin Tuck and Michael Strahan all got after Brady's ass, but still, I think this by far the best defense that Steve Spagnuolo's ever coached. Um, and, uh, I think he, I think he has, and this is also probably the most intelligent defense he's probably ever coached because he finally has 11 guys plus that understand his scheme and can play everywhere on his scheme because you have to be cerebral to play on this defense. It's too, it's, there's way too much disguised coverages. There's way too much disguised fronts. Um, blitz packages and pressure schemes. There's just way too much, and there's way too many different base alignments. You just, it's just too much. It's too much for a young offense and a, uh, uh, you know, a young, you know, young quarterback. So you gotta, I, I gotta, ha I gotta keep giving my my hat tipped off to Steve Spagnolo. And you know, it will suck if the man ends up having to get a head coaching job because. You know, I we have given Spag shit over the years, and we have. I I'm the biggest culprit of that. Um, but this man, I I I think a lot of that it was just all emotion. But we have to understand this dude was literally trying to make the best of what he had. I mean, he tried to make the best work with Ben Neiman. You can't you can't do a lot with Ben Neiman. You know, I know we were like, well, get someone else, put someone else out there. Well, they weren't providing somebody else, so he's only going to play the guys he has. Um, you know, and it's just, I, you know, and I think, you know, Steve also got a lot of the rap with, you know, I mean, Tyron Matthew got a lot of his rap his last year too, mostly, but he, I think a lot of the heat started falling on Spags as well, um, because how bad the, the, the defense was doing in general that year. Um, but man, this defense is, this defense is awesome. They're fun to watch. They're fun to watch from every position group. I'm, I'm expecting a 
I'm either expecting the play to either be shut down because of like the lockdown uh, of McDuffie or Snead, um, or I'm expecting a, a, just a, a big ass tackle from one of our linebackers running sideline to sideline, or I'm expecting a fucking sack or just pressure smothering around the quarterback, making him like, like obviously that's what you want your players to do on defense. But when you're seeing that from every fucking level, doing on a consistent basis. That's how you know you have a legitimate defense. This isn't a fluke. This team has been doing this shit all week, all every week so far leading up to now. I know we've been without Nick Bolton, and that sucks. I love Nick Bolton. I still think he's our best linebacker as far as, like, not – I wouldn't say his most talented. I would say he's our, our – um, as far as, like, you know, talent, physical talent plus the, the – the, um, the mindset, the cerebral, I, I think he's a really good uh, linebacker. Probably, you know, I, I slightly give the edge over um, Drew, even though it's not like I, I'm doing that, like, just because I'm trying to compare the guys like that. I, I, I'm happy to have Drew in because, you know, Drew's going to close in on 100 tackles. And if it wasn't going to be him, it was going to be Nick Bolton. So it, you're having a guy that's competent at playing that position you know, he knows what he's doing. He's been doing it for a long time. That's why I love the way our linebackers play, and I love having Drew here. Um, Leo's been great. Willie's been amazing. This defensive line, Mike Dana, Karloftis, um, Omenuhu even being back for the time that he's been back. Uh, Chris Jones, you know, even though Chris Jones isn't getting, hasn't been getting the sacks that he has, last, you know, that he did for the first, like, five weeks of the season, it's – his him holding the doubles and triples, it's opening the guys up to have one on ones. And Mike Dan is beating his one on ones. Karloftis is beating his one on ones. Omenihu's beating his one on ones. Hell, Derek Nani's beat his one on ones. So I, Chris is last year. Chris was very dominant, but it wasn't evenly dispersed out as far as sacks goes. And now I feel like the sacks are starting to get evenly dispersed around the defensive line because guys are finishing through, guys are beating their one-on-ones. And if if Chris Jones is going to get tripled and doubled, that's that's exactly what you want to happen um, during the process. Um, when we get back, we're going to go ahead and finish up with special teams. All right, Chiefs Kingdom, we are back, and we're going to try to finish uh, this uh, real quickly. Um, just a little bit more tidbits on the defense. Um, got, uh, like I said, I mentioned guys are just flying around everywhere. Uh, the secondary, I think this is the best secondary in the NFL. It's not, it's not a biased thing. Um, I just, I, I don't know what secondary in totality is great from say all safeties to all the corners, um, because Legarius Need and McDuffie are just they're they're amazing. They're just locked down. There's already been talks about Legarius Need possibly getting a contract extension, is which is something that we didn't think was going to happen because we just never pay corners. But it's if that happens, I mean that's another outlier that Brett Veach beat, and he's like, hey, look, I I I we pay the guys that are important, and I I think. This contract, he signed what Legarius need to like what a three year extension or something like that, three four year extension, and you know you're 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 solid golden because McDuffie won't be due for an extension for another two years. So and he since he's a first rounder, you can always take his fifth round. Um, you can always take his option out if need be, um, because you need those guys. Those are our those are our our 
our cornerstones, uh, cornerbacks, um, as of right now. And and when they and then when and when we're running the three corner sets and having you know Williams or Watson come out, I think those guys are excelling because of how great um, uh, McDuffie and uh, Snead have been. Guys don't like passing to Legarius Snead now because he beat. He beats the receivers up so much at the line of scrimmage. Guys don't even really like passing to Trent McDuffie. They tried Trent McDuffie, but Trent McDuffie's just got – he's just super sticky as well. He, he He's into your hip pocket. He's hes forcing you out of bounds. So you can't even make the play, you know, without even committing penalty. I mean, just the turnovers, the forced fumbles. He's got like a first forced fumble in like the, every game the last like four weeks. I mean, the dude's amazing. He's like, he's like, hey, I can't get a pick, but I'm a force. I'm a force this fumble, and our safeties have been great, man. Mike Edwards has been a, a phenomenal addition. I mean, bringing him, Omenihu, and Drew. Oh my goodness, great, great pickups of each. Great pickups. Um, but Mike Edwards, man. I mean, just he's been an amazing third safety out there. Um, I like him even when he comes up and plays close to the line of scrimmage. I mean, he, he just, he knows exactly what he's doing out there. Um, and, and I know he, I know he felt, I know he was probably really great in uh, bowls system and down in Tampa. Uh, but it just, I get the feeling like it's like, he feels like he's like, he's more free roaming around now. And that's, that's, I like, I like seeing that because he has a knack for getting after the ball too and causing turnovers. Um, and Brian cook, man, he's been, He's been phenomenal, uh, and that him, you know, remembering getting the the touchdown and against Miami, that was I ain't never seen a dude run run as fast as he did like that. I mean, I've seen guys run as fast as he did, but running as fast as he did, I didn't expect that from Brian Cook. Let's just put it that way. And uh, that play, man, that play was still amazing. It's still poetic justice. I mean, yeah, goodness gracious. Um, but yeah, no, uh, this defense, this defense is awesome. I'm, I'm happy for it. Let's just, hopefully they can continue the ride, um, going into, uh, this second half of the season. Uh, we are a defensive team, uh, as of right now, I I don't think anybody is looking at, I think this, I think people are looking at this team as Patrick Mahomes, Isaiah Pacheco and the defense. I think that's how they, and, oh, Travis Kelsey, duh. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, occasionally Isaiah Pacheco, which I don't even think guys are even trying to take that as a threat because of just how inconsistent the run game is. I mean, guys don't want to tackle Pacheco. That's that's the truth. Um, But I would say Travis, Pat, you know, occasionally the O-line, occasionally Pacheco, this defense, but it's mainly the defense. That's what's overpowering this team. So we're a defensive unit and our defensive team until this offense can get uh, on a consistent basis and pull pull a lot of shit out their ass uh, this next eight weeks. Um, and what I mean by pulling shit out of their ass, I mean by actually doing something and being the great like we know that they can be because they are great. They've been great before. Uh, on to the special teams. Special teams kicking and punting been amazing. The return game just sucks. Both both kick return and punt return it sucks. We don't have a punt return for some reason that doesn't know how to let a ball just go when it needs to go, and then and then when he does it, it's it was the incorrect time to do it, you know. And 
you know, if you're gonna make if you're gonna go for the ball, you gotta commit to it, man. You gotta commit to it unless it's just like one of those situations where you just know you might get laid out or something. I, I don't know if they're already there um before you can even try to even get your collect your footing to even try to make the catch. But I mean, I, I don't know, man. The the return game just it is horrible. I mean I, I know Tobe is like, look, I it's I don't care about high school. I don't care about college. I want my guys returning at all times. You know, that I hate hearing that. I, I don't like hearing that. But how am I supposed to be surprised? It's Dave Tobe. Dave Tobe is going to always do what Dave Tobe wants to fucking do. But, hey, our punt game and our kick game is amazing, so I can't complain too much. Um, what? Oh, Harrison Bucker's like, I don't know. That dude's like fifth dude's like fifteen for fifteen right now on field goals. I dude's making everything. I'm going knocking on something right now. Uh but the dude's been nails. If we can have all pros and our punter and kicker, I that's go ahead and kiss a goodbye. <laughs> or kiss like kiss this uh like you know, everybody goodbye because we go ahead and run we're gonna go ahead and run this shit and take it right back home, you know, where it belongs. Um, anyways, uh, that's pretty much this game review, uh, or game review, game preview, even though I really didn't, you know, get too much into the Philadelphia Eagles. I just wanted to kind of briefly talk about the team and, uh, kind of where my mindset is with everything going on so far. Injuries suck. We hate seeing those, but, um, yeah, I, I think the Chiefs are going to win. Um, I think we win 27 to 24. I think we win, um, game winning field goal. Uh, Pat drive, Pat gets the ball last, drives the ball down the field, kicks the ball, no time, just a close battle out. And, uh, we end up pulling it out in the end, but I will say this with how teams have been going with the Jags losing the Bengals now losing twice in a row, the bills losing, um, the Chargers losing, which I mean, our division. I'm not worried about our fucking division whatsoever. It's it's already locked up essentially. Um, it's uh, it's one of those things. If we lose to this team, it's an NFC it's an NFC game, so it does not hinder or, or cause any issues with you know seeding goes um, into the playoffs. So as of right now, the only team the only team that's in the Chiefs way is the Kansas City Chiefs. You can sit there and say the Baltimore Ravens. I know they have the second best record in the um they have the second best record in the uh the AFC. I I know Lamar Jackson had a great game last night. It's annoying because look, I I've been bitching and complaining about not playing this guy in fantasy anymore because he's 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 been he was bad in fantasy the last 3 weeks. And then you don't play the guy, and then all of a sudden he wants to have a, a, a you know a resurge. I just it, it, that's just the shittiness about fantasy. But um, I'm not worried about the Ravens. I the Ravens are going to eventually implode on themselves. I hate to say it, but you even saw. I mean, he. I mean, look, look, Lamar Jackson lost his best weapon last night. Say what you want, Mark. Mark. Mark Andrews is. Uh, Lamar's best weapon. I, I, you know, OBJ, I know he was a signing this year, but hey, he's an older guy. Um, he had his first 100 yard, 100 yard game in a long time last night. 
Um, so I, I just think um, with how Lamar gets in the later of the season, this is this is the time where him being a pocket passer or him being a passer has to really stay more consistent. Um, because the way his with his with his play style, yes, he is more susceptible to injuries, and I don't want to see that happen. I, you know what, I would like to see, you know what, as much as I can't stand uh, the whole Lamar Jackson talk and how they were trying to crown that man way earlier in uh, Patrick's career when they were trying to crown him at that point, or when they were trying to crown, you know, because I feel like every year they're trying to crown somebody else. And at that time it was fucking Lamar Jackson. And I just, they always had a bad rap about it. The dude's an MVP of the league, um, but he couldn't win a playoff game. And then, you know, all the, the demanding money, this and that he got paid. Um, so you better try to do something this year, but Hey, we end up seeing him in the AFC championship. We end up seeing him in the AFC championship. So be it, but they will be coming through Arrowhead and that's just what it's going to be. Um, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just not worried about the Ravens. I'm not. They got a good defense. Uh, I just I, it's something's something's got to give. It always has with them. Um, so I, I'm just kind of waiting for whatever whatever the case may be. I'm not wishing or anything like that. I'm just saying like usually that's what happens with the Baltimore Ravens. They have seen North in itself is tough. I mean, you got. I mean, the likelihoods right now. It, Pittsburgh right now and Houston will be in the playoffs if they, um, if if it started today, I believe so that those uh, two teams would be. Yeah, Houston would be the seventh seed, and Pittsburgh would be the sixth. Um, and then you had uh, Jacksonville, Miami, us, and the. Uh, Oh gosh, who's in the AFC? Uh, yeah, who's who would have won the? Oh, so yeah, the Ravens. Ravens would have been number four, um, and then number five, I believe, would have been because you yeah, would have had two from the A- NFC South, or two from the AFC South, two from the AFC North. And then you have AFC East winner and then AFC uh, West winner. Um, so that's six. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to think who would be the – I'm trying to think who the fourth, the fifth, fifth team would be. Would it be Cleveland? That, that, that's, the only, that's the only thing I'm thinking that it would be would be Cleveland. But I just – I just don't think that that's the. I just don't think that's um. Might be Cleveland. It, it it might be Cleveland, um, and then Pittsburgh and uh. Because I don't even think the Bills. The Bills aren't. Yeah, the Bills have been knocked out too. So yeah, I I don't know. Um, I I just I I I can't remember who the fifth seed essentially would be, but I know that. Pittsburgh and Houston would be in as the sixth and the seventh seed. So uh, that's, um, and uh, you had, and then the four division winners. So I don't know uh, what the fifth, I keep, I can't remember what the fifth seed essentially would be. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a weird, it's going to be a weird year. Um, a lot with a lot of the guys down. Uh, look at, I mean, the Browns, I mean, they lost, 
Deshaun and Nick Chubb for the year. So those are top offensive guys for them, too. And there's, you know, it's so funny. There's some people out there that think that the Chargers all of a sudden are going to emerge. No, they're not. And honestly, those rumors about Belichick coming to the AFC West next year, look, if he wants to do that, sure. But I just, it's the Chargers. I just, no matter who coaches that team, it just always seems to be that way. And the Spanos, the owners, they don't want they don't want guys like Belichick. They want yes men. They want dudes that are going to kiss their ass and play within their rules and try to win a championship within their rules. So that's in Belichick. Belichick doesn't play by anybody's rules. Um, but I don't know. I just. Uh, I, I I don't see how the Chargers can reemerge right now. I mean, uh, they're, yeah, no, it's just not going to happen. Um, the Raiders, I know the Raiders, they're, they're, they've, they've won a few straight and they're, they're high with uh, uh, Damian Pierce. And if, if what's the name, if I'm Mark Davis, I'm not dumb and I'm not selling that uh, or I'm not, I'm, I'm hiring him. I'm at least giving him a shot the following year. Um, because it's, you know, with how he rallied that team and got them to believe in just one little fucking meeting that just says a lot. And maybe it just because everybody on that team hated Josh McDaniels and they wanted him gone and they got him gone. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I think that he should give Damian Pierce a, a chance at head coach. And that, that, that'll suck from us because I like Damian Pierce and, he could actually probably really keep the Raiders competitive. I can see him being that guy, keeping them extremely competitive as a coach. Um, I know there's the John Harbaugh rumors about him coming, possibly coming back to NFL. We'll, we'll monitor that on how that might work, um, what teams he could possibly take over. Uh, but I was just thinking about the teams like for next year because we know though the Staley's getting fired and. McDaniels has been fired, but they're most likely going to run with Damian Pierce next year. Uh, and it's going to leave that Chargers vacancy open. And who knows? Who knows? We'll want to take that job. Um, but uh, as far as the Broncos goes, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're cooking right now. They are. They're cooking a little bit. Russ has been playing a little good. Uh, I, I, I'm not buying him into being like all of a sudden like this, this all of a sudden back to being great greatness player. That's not what I'm saying. But they are putting him in better positions. Uh, it, it does say a lot about Sean Payton. It says a lot about Sean Payton as a coach. I mean, if he's having that those that team and where it's at, uh, his mindsets as far as even though they they they're still last in the division, I I think that says a lot because what's the name was imploding already. Uh, who was it last year? The Oh gosh, the OC now and um, Hackett, that guy. So it, yeah, uh, yeah. The but still, I just I until um, I don't know until that that guaranteed money runs out. I just can't see the Broncos really being super super competitive with Russ because it's. It's gonna implode. It, it might implode on them in a the long run, as far as because of his contract and how how it sucks. Uh, but no, I, um, 
that as far as like our division goes. The Texans, the Texans are actually, you know what? I'm impressed by them. D'Amico Ryan, he's done a phenomenal job with that team, especially having them where they are, going into Cincy, beating them the way that they did. CJ Stroud's an amazing player. I've already mentioned this, but um, it's it's kind of it's really nice to see how that's all uh, coming uh, into tuition for um, for him. Um, because Ohio State quarterbacks generally do not look great in the NFL, and he is proving that that completely wrong. And I am almost wondering if it's making Panthers fans uh, or Panthers organization and team like, hey, like, what are we doing here? Like, how did we allow experts and whoever? I mean, that sometimes it's just always like you know they'll they'll tend to blame the owner and say, well, the owner went over us. It was the owner's call. Um, you know, sometimes I think that's also like a scapegoat after you gotten fired, um, you know, because you just didn't want to say like, oh, it's not the quarterback that I wanted. Well, you were the head coach. If you would have sat there and said, well, it's not a guy that I want, I think I think at least the GM and some people would have probably like, hey, like, you know what, maybe we should take in consideration because – he is the head coach, and we got we want him to work with want to work with the guy. So, I I I, I don't know. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, oh, um, back on uh, shoot, lost my uh. Lost my lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, um, the Panthers, guys. This is what happens when I'm trying to move around quickly and roll, jump onto one thing and off to another. But no, the Panthers, they might be regretting drafting Bryce Young, and who knows? I mean, they, I think they're probably like, maybe we just need to get to get this guy weapons and we'll be fine. But with how C.J. Stroud is playing, I argue with people, and I said the Panthers, if they're smart, they take they take C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson. Don't take. Bryce Young, and it's nothing against Bryce, but I I'm not a fan of small quarterbacks. Uh, I I think you need a little bit of like height, a little bit of build on there. Um, not that they can't be successful, but that's just how I look at it, how I see it. Um, but no, we've been kind of going all over the place, just kind of trying to catch up with things. Uh, another thing, Ken Dorsey. I don't I I don't know if I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but uh, Ken Dorsey was fired, relieved. Uh, Sean McDermott, um, Sean McDermott, uh, I guess it was his decision to let go, uh, um, what's the name? Uh, Ken Dorsey. I ultimately think it was more so the management or owner or whatever that I think that was more so of like fix something better be fixed. And I think McDermott probably knows his job is in jeopardy at the end of the season because you got to think about it this way. Regardless of some injuries that you had, yes, it sucks losing Milano. It sucks losing Tredavious White. But you you purposely let go Leslie Frazier because you were not liking the way that he had been calling the defense especially when they got to the postseason. It was like it, it was like nothing ever changed. They were calling the same static cover two, basic cover two coverage, um, defense, Tampa defense. And 
and that was the one thing that a lot of a lot of Bills fans complained, even even the 13 seconds, because that that was supposed to be the Bills' Super Bowl, and we we took it from them, even though we didn't go. We took their their playoff chances away. Um, but no, I think uh, I think McDermott realized, hey, I know my days are numbered. Um, because a lot of the decisions he's been making were, again, were all his decisions. You know, let's even go, let's go back to even the, uh, even before the season started and then they had their mandatory mini camp. Let's not forget Stefan Diggs didn't even show up, you know, and then he has the audacity to go to the podium and sit there and say like, oh, well, I didn't know anything about this and I'm, I'm really concerned right now. And then the next day he's like, yeah, well, you know what? We just got to move on. You know, it's just what it is. If he doesn't want to be here, we're just we're just going to move on away. We're just going to move on without him. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, we're glad to have Stefan back in the building. We know how amazing. It's like, dude, you've you've literally have sounded completely different as a person and all, you know, all freaking um and all freaking, you know, days of the presser you know, of that, uh, of last year or this past mini camp when they were taught, when they were going through that Stefan Diggs situation, he didn't even handle it correctly when they lost the, the game against the Bengals. He didn't even handle that correctly. So, and then he's like, okay, well, I'm going to relieve Leslie Frazier because Leslie Frazier has screwed us in the playoffs by, by calling the defense. Well, at the same time, I thought it was your defense too. I mean, it's your defense as well. And you have input, you know, you have input into it. But, you know, Leslie takes a year off. He silently fires him. You know, he takes over the clay calls this year. And it's legitimately, you know what? The Buffalo Bills defense were doing fine. And then injuries happened. They lost Matt Milano. And I think that's what really killed him because Matt Milano is a really good linebacker. He's he is I, he's not as good as Fred Warner. But what he does for that defense is almost Fred Warner-like as far as, like, the importance of – being able to pl- stop the run in pl- spots and being able to play the pass in spots, and he he go he loses he he's done for the season. Then Tre'Davious White gets done for the season, and then the defense starts going back to the being up and down where guys aren't just don't know what they're doing. And now and then and on top of that, the offense is the offense is playing bad because Josh Allen well Josh Allen's being up and down himself, and he's. He's reverting back to 2018, Josh Allen, you know, and you got Ken Dorsey over here who's supposed to be the OC and, and fix all that, and I don't know. I I don't know. And, and I don't think the Bills' offense was necessarily horrendous. You know, it was, it was fine in a lot of metrics, but I don't know. I think I think this was ultimately just the scapegoat. Let's just call it what it is. I think it was just the scapegoat. Let's just go ahead and get a guy because they said something needs to change. They told us that something needs to change. And I don't want nothing because if I change myself, if I change anything on my side, that's really going to make me really going to let me go. If I let this guy go and try to sit there and try to say like, okay, well, maybe it was Ken Dorsey. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, Josh and uh, Ken Dorsey didn't get along with each other. I, 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 I don't know. But uh it clearly they they let the guy go and 
Uh, they're giving the play call, uh, OC play calls over to Joe Brady. So who knows what's going to happen with the Buffalo Bills moving forward. Um, but no, just wanted to kind of talk about some news going around the league, briefly talk about that too. Um, because, you know, this is football. This is, you know, as much as we talk about the Chiefs, we're talking about the NFL in itself as well. Um, but back on to my game score. I do believe the Chiefs will beat the Philadelphia Eagles 27-24 to 24 in, a, uh, in a tight doozy on Monday Night Football. But we all know it's going to be great. With that being said, Connect is always real.